So what is barefaced stories? <clears throat> Testing one two. Right. So hi. So this is my true story. Barefaced stories is a show that me and my best mate put together. That's me, Andrew yeah. Gibbs, Kerry Sullivan. I honestly don't even know how to end this story. <laughs> like. Now we thought to ourselves, how can a couple of lesbos make a baby on the cheap? Here's my name and number. I think you're beautiful. <laughs> They say the clitoris is hard to find, but here it was, turning up in a suburban board game <laughs> in Glasgow in 2011. And then Stephen Fry says, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, and the show begins. So what is Barefaced Stories? Barefaced Stories is a show that me and my best mate put together. That's me, Andrew yeah. Gibbs. Kerry Sullivan here. We put this little show together because basically uh, you went off and you learned how to do storytelling off in the States and so on and um, you came back and we wanted to put it at night together. Now we have a monthly show in that little pub in Northbridge. Yeah, there's really actually nothing like Barefaced Stories in, a, in Australia. It is a little pub but we cram people in there. Both of us have done you know, stand-up comedy previously and it was just that thing when we first started where we were so incredibly like afraid of the silence of the audience because when you're a stand-up, you, you kind of like, you're just asking for laughs. You know, I just remember being up on stage after the first few stories and kind of going like, oh my goodness, nobody is laughing, nobody's reacting. And then once you actually saw the audience and they are just riveted, they're actually just like listening. It's like year threes doing active listening or something, you know, like <laughs> when you're in school. Yeah, and then they ask you questions afterwards. Well, you're supposed to pick up details of things. So, like, today on our podcast, we have uh, we have stories with uh, two different types of cars. Now, at the end of the uh, at the end of the story, I'm going to ask you what type of car those were. Okay, we're pretty excited to open up, open up really the doors of the bird and of barefaced stories into a podcast, so that people around the world can hear these fantastic stories that are coming out of Western Australia. They are pretty uniquely Aussie stories. There's a few. I guess little Australian terms that we may have to explain, uh, one of which will be in this first episode. Thongs in Australia are things that you wear on your feet. Not on your bum, no. Also, there's a there's a rhubarb featured in the uh, story. Um, People would have heard of kangaroos yeah. and bars, uh, but it's not a, kangaroo, a bar for kangaroos. Or that, they would be fun. A rhubarb is on the front of your car. You are driving through an area where kangaroos, as gorgeous as they are, they are pretty thick and they will jump out of the bushes and onto the road in front of your car sometimes so yeah so hopefully they can just like bounce off and go over the top uh i'll say our first story is set in a place called kananara which western australia is a huge state kananara is right up the top of it so it's a very very hot place in the middle of nowhere pretty much christy kind of came to barefaced stories because I, I wrangled her up on stage. Mm -hmm. I'd been hanging out with her quite a bit and I noticed she had this big scar on her arm and I and I said, what, what's that from? And then she proceeded to tell me this brilliant story and I'm just so glad that she made it to the other side of this story. Yeah. You'll find out why. Yeah, okay, so buckle up. Here's your very first story for our Barefaced premiere edition. Uh, this is Christy Ald. 
10 or 11 years ago, I was living in Halls Creek and we decided to do a day trip up to Kununurra. Um, eight hour round trip, no worries. And we got there and there were all these posters for a concert. So me and my girlfriend decided, oh, well, let's stay. And we booked into a hostel and went out and had a bloody great night and didn't come home until um, the next day. And we had to get back to Horse Creek for work. So we were packing up our stuff. But I couldn't find my car keys. And I was so sure that I'd left them on the bed. But they were not there um, and I just thought, oh, maybe I've left them in the car. Uh, I knew I hadn't, but I don't know what made me go out to check, but I went to the car park and I heard my car start up and I saw my car reverse out. I was watching my car being stolen. And I'm not a thief, but if I were to steal something, I'm pretty sure if someone caught me, I'd run away. So I ran out in front of my car and said, get the f*** out of my car! But he didn't. <laughs> what he did do was put it into drive and drive into me. I tried really hard to get out of the way, but I landed on the bonnet and he just took off. So knowing that would hurt if I fell off, I grabbed onto the windscreen wipers and I'm quite short. So um, it's a Ford Falcon and I had a rhubarb. So I sort of wedged myself between <laughs> the windscreen and the rhubarb and held on. And um, the next thing I know, we're down the, the main street of Kununurra and I'm screaming for help and trying to find out if someone will hear me and I'm looking around, but it's Sunday morning and Kununurra had a concert the night before, so who knows where everybody is. So um, I'm thinking only a crazy person would take off with someone on the bonnet. And then we get on the highway, <laughs> heading towards Wyndham. And... Um, I think, well, maybe he doesn't know I'm here. <laughs> so I kind of shuffle myself across and I'm staring at him face to face. But he won't look at me and I'm screaming and I'm begging and I'm pleading to get off and to stop the car. But he never looks at me. He just looks around me like he's on a Sunday afternoon drive, shakes his head. And the speed goes up and the speed goes down and I'm starting to panic and I think I need a plan. How am I going to get off this car? And it's Kununurra, so I'm in a gypsy skirt and a tank top and thongs, um, you know, traditional gear. And, and as I'm going down the highway backwards, my skirt is up here. But still I'm thinking, how, how am I going to get someone's attention? <laughs> So I'm planning of signals that I could do while holding on with one hand and, and I turn around to see my rescue car and we're on the wrong side of the road. I really don't want a car to come along and I don't know how I'm going to get off. So I shut my eyes and I put my head down. The next thing... I hear this big bang and a whoosh goes past my head. And again, bang, whoosh. He's hitting the reflector posts on the side of the road. So now I'm shitting bricks. I am going to die. He has lost control of the car. I turn around to see where we are. We're on the Kununurra Diversion Dam Bridge, six and a half k's out of Kununurra. And he starts ramming the car into the side of the bridge. It's like the movies. And I lose my grip. I go up, 
I feel my thongs fly off and while I'm in the air, I think I must get those because <laughs> the ground's really hot. <laughs> I find out from the police, we were going about 100 k's an hour um, when I came off the vehicle and it goes under me and I hit the bitumen and I roll and I'm going so fast I don't know how to stop. So I put my foot out to brake and I'm standing and I see my car disappear down the highway. So I look for my thongs, <laughs> but I can't find them. And then I realise I really need help and I don't know if anybody knows where I am. So I start to walk back to Kununurra and I don't have any pain except for a little bit in my feet, um, but there's something sticky going in my eye. So I put my hand up to wipe whatever it is and there is just blood everywhere. I look down at my arm and there's a V-shaped chunk of flesh hanging down and I can see my tendon and I kind, I kind of try and push it and hold it in place. And within a minute, this other car comes racing up. A man jumps out. He runs up to me and he says, are you Christy? And he catches me as I go into shock and I finally feel the pain where the 15% of my body used to be. My skin has been removed from my body. And I find out from the police that there were about 20 calls <laughs> saying there's a woman on a bonnet <laughs> <laughs> screaming for help. <laughs> so they knew where I was. Um, but because I'm now a victim of an MVA, a motor vehicle accident, I, I can get recovery, I can get looked after for my medical bills by third-party insurance. So, which is great, except they didn't want to pay. And when I asked them why, they said, oh no, you're not eligible. You weren't wearing your seatbelt. <laughs> but that's another story. We run workshops throughout the year for people that want to get up on stage and tell a barefaced stories. And the, the next storyteller that you're going to hear is one of the guys that, that did one of the workshops. The next show we had, I was sure to put him up there because he's such a brilliant storyteller. Sunshine and lollipops is Gary. He loves a cup of tea. Uh, you'll hear more about that. This is uh, Gary Stedman, learning to flirt. When I was on my L plates, I drove the family four-wheel drive Subaru through a barbed wire fence on two wheels with my mum on board, <laughs> a pet dog Snoop and a dozen eggs from Danny's Chook Farm. <laughs> so you see, I learnt really early on uh, that you had to be sensible on the road. <laughs> so I'm the kind of guy who indicates early, I don't change lanes unnecessarily and I always stick to the speed limit. But sometimes life calls for a bit of recklessness. <laughs> I was in Melbourne in winter. I had just lost the love of my life, Carlos, and I was sitting in a cafe mulling over life. You see, Carlos, he was kind of all animal Mediterranean swagger. He could get your grandmother in a lather. 
I was more your Sunday school, sit at home with your grandmother on a Sunday and have a cup of tea kind of guy. <laughs> so you see, I never learned to flirt. You know, I don't know where, and everyone else was learning how to do the look, look away, look, look away, smile coyly. Um, I don't know where I was, I was doing something else. So when I was sitting in this cafe and this tall, salt and pepper head guy in a suit leaned over and said, is there anything worth reading in today's age? I thought he really wanted to know. <laughs> so I praised the opinion page. And as I stood up and folded the paper and took a step over to put the paper on his table, I said, and you might want to consider the lunic. <laughs> and as I put the, table, the, the paper down on the table, our eyes met. He had green eyes. I love green eyes. And I unaccountably spun on my heel and instead of heading out the door, sat back down. As I looked over to his table, he was looking at me and I looked down and then I looked up and he was still looking at me and I looked down and I thought, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and I looked up again and he smiled coyly. <laughs> I just, I didn't even have a word for what was going on at this point in time. But this went on for quite a while and it was getting a bit heated. Now, it was at this point I almost committed a fatal flaw because the waitress walked up and she said, another flat white, sir, and I heard myself say yes. Now, look at me. I'm lean, some would say skinny. I have a very fast metabolism. If I can do one coffee, but if I do two coffees, then the bladder goes into overdrive. So this game came, kind of came a competition between coy smile, look at the wood grain in the table, look up, my bladder's filling up, look at the grain, look up, smile, look up. It was getting a bit desperate. It was either have an accident there or um, get on with it. So I thought, right, I don't know what this is, but I like it. But I need to pee. So I, <laughs> so I picked my moment and I bolted for the men's. Now, I don't know whether you've noticed, but you can't actually pee fast. You know, you just kind of pee at the rate you're peeing at. <laughs> this is a problem when you want to be doing something else. <laughs> Incidentally, I've got a Swedish friend and he told me that the direct translation for I need to go to the loo in Swedish back into English is I am becoming pee needy. Anyway, enough of that. I finished peeing, did what I had to do and bolted for the door to get back to the table to keep doing what the hell it was I was doing. And I, as I opened the door and I went to sit back down at my table, I noticed that the salt pepper head suit guy's table was empty. Like he'd gone. And the waitress was there folding the age. Well, I don't know, something animal just took over and I bolted out that door. I don't know even whether I paid for that second coffee. I looked up and down the street. It was an evening in winter, so it was gloomy, you know. Commuters were beginning to go home in, in Melbourne and I looked up and down the street and I saw him. There was the salt and pepper hair getting into this Mercedes-Benz sports car. 
It was chrome and it had really shiny wheels. And as he sat down into the car, I thought, your hair matches your car. <laughs> anyway. At this point, I ran to my car. It was a blue Toyota Corolla. <laughs> well, I didn't even indicate. I just whipped straight out into Wellington Street and floored it. Because I knew that if he got too far ahead, there was no chance that I was going to catch up. Well, I think I ran at least one red light at Gertrude Street. Because <laughs> if you're not on the same side of the red lights at Gertrude Street, you're stuffed. <laughs> We were getting close to Victoria Parade. Now, I don't know if any of you know Victoria Parade, but it's an eight-lane, two-way two monster. And I figured if he gets there and I don't, even if we both do get there, the chances of my finding him, let alone catching him, were remote. But my little Toyota, which incidentally got the T knocked off by some hooligan in Sunbury, so it was always known as the Oyota in my family. <laughs> But we got into Victoria Parade and I swung around after him into the right-hand lane. He swung over to the left, but I got stuck right behind a lorry and my lights turned red. He was turning left into the slip lane and he still had a green light and he was getting closer and closer. And I, there was just at the point where he, where he was at the lights and I just thought, if there's a God, the lights will turn red. And they did. <laughs> at this point, everything slowed down. I my brakes on and I grabbed the library book next to me, which was a copy of Wildflowers of Victoria by Margaret Corrick. <laughs> I took the pen that I keep on the dash to write down the rego plates of cars that are speeding or, <laughs> or emitting excessive exhaust. <laughs> and I got out of the car. I was in the middle lane. There were some confused-looking commuters around, but I just went with the book. I sternly started walking towards that chrome-coloured Mercedes-Benz with my pen in hand, and I tapped on his window. Well, needless to say, he was a little shocked. <laughs> but the motorised window did come down, and I ripped out... Please forgive me. I ripped out <laughs> the flyleaf of the library book. I wrote my name, my number... And I just shoved my arm in through that window and I said, here's my name and number, I think you're beautiful. <laughs> Apparently I floated back to my car um, and drove on into the night. Three weeks later I was back in Tasmania sitting at my grandmother's sunroom table having a cup of tea. And my phone buzzed. It was Justin, the salt and pepper haired suit with a Mercedes Benz sports car. I'd learned to flirt. <laughs> and I never looked back. If you're listening to the Bareface Stories podcast and you think it would be a great place to advertise your thing, this is the part where we would talk lovingly about your thing. Right here, enthusiastic words about your thing. Honest, meaningful words. I love that thing. That thing is so great, I wish I had it. Life would be easier for people who had a thing like that because it's a thing that makes life easier. So if you'd like to advertise that thing here, please contact Bareface Stories at info at bareface.com.au for advertising rates. We'll see you next time.
see you back here for more awesome barefaced stories and for podcast junkies looking for some more awesome Australian podcasts. You can check out the Bowerville podcast. It's serious and it's devastating, but it's great. Bowerville by crime reporter Dan Box. We loved it. Barefaced stories are told live on a tiny stage. In a huge state. In a massive country. Where no one can hear you scream. Or laugh. Or cry. More Barefaced stories next week. Didn't you, didn't your mum call you one time on Skype and she was naked?